my name's in the brand, your face is on the brand. If it doesn't work out, there's no hiding. After Dragon's Den, we opened ourselves up to a world that is really cruel. I basically dropped out three times before actually going on. You know, I was really unhappy in my last job, so took the risk. If you cannot, as the audience, feel the energy coming through onto your screens or however you're listening, put it in the comments and we'll have beef. Hello there, I'm Angelica Bell and welcome back to the NatWest Business Show. Now this season, we've got another exciting lineup of inspiring business owners ready to reveal all about their business journeys and how they turned obstacles into opportunity. Whether that's a surprising secret to success or a mistake that turned out to be a masterstroke. Yes, we are going deeper than ever. And speaking of inspiring guests, today we're chatting with two of the co-founders of Perfect Ted, Marissa Poster and Teddy Levenfish, whose business is making waves thanks to their matcha green tea powered energy drink, so much so that they took to the den to impress the dragons. So let's jump straight in. Marissa and Teddy, it's good to have you. I'm not a dragon. You're a lot less intimidating. Oh, <laughs> that's what I want to hear. <laughs> um, do you know what? We are starting this next series with a confession from all of our guests. Okay, we're going to start low so we can go high. Oh, I love that. Mm. Deep. A, deep. A moment of failure that you would say shaped you or a business blunder that turned into a valuable lesson. Okay. You want the tea, don't you? Yeah. So what, what confessions are you going to give us? So if people are familiar with our brand, they may have seen us on Dragon's Den, but what they don't know is that I basically dropped out three times before actually going on. And so you actually got the call. So mm -hmm. let's, so they said, come on. Yes. And you was like, no, thank you. So is that what happened? Teddy responded. I wish it was as simple as that. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Teddy responded on our behalf. However, personally and, and between us, I dropped out three times um, over the course of five days because they gave us five days notice that we were going to be on the show. And basically every other day I dropped out um, and it was a very, very tumultuous period of anxiety, self-doubt, um, just wasn't able to cope. And um, it was just, it was it the pressure of it all and, you know, TV cameras, you know, why did you think this is not the right path for our brand? Yeah, absolutely. I think Dragon's Den can be an incredible opportunity for any business, um, but it can also be the worst thing to happen to your business. If you have five esteemed investors who try your product, and again, taste is subjective. So mm -hmm. if they don't like it and people at home can't try it, they will take what the dragons say as gospel and they will then make a judgment based on what they're thinking and probably not buy it. So how did you work it out? Because obviously, <laughs> I mean, you're laughing now because, yeah. you know, there's been a positive result. But how did you work it out to get to the stage where you actually walk through the, the elevator? Mm. You're, you're totally right because this isn't natural. I mean, we're sitting here today with Angelica Bell, but you fast forward, I mean, you go back a couple of months and we were just regular Marissa and Teddy. And we still are regular Marissa yeah. and Teddy. But for some reason, people just saw us on that show and thought, wow, you were so confident. I think going back to why we ended up on the show, one of the reasons we started Perfect Ted or my personal reason for starting Perfect Ted was I sadly lost my best friend right after university. And so we, we grew up watching the show together. And for me, I was going on that show with Marissa, without Marissa, whether it was good for the brand or not, just because I wanted to do that for Jack. Yeah. 
And so I had never communicated that to Marissa. So when she came upstairs and she said, I don't think we should do the show. It could be reckless for the business. I'm nervous about what they might think. I just broke down crying and I don't cry often. Yeah. And then I just, yeah, I shared my motivation. I think that that brought us together. And yeah. Yeah. it was very inspiring because Jack was an incredible person and inspired so many people on his cancer journey. Um, and so it felt like we had to do it to, um, you know, just make him proud. And also I had to do it for Teddy because I owed it to him as my co-founder. And I really, I did realize at the end of the day, you have to shoot your shot. And if it doesn't go well, at least you tried. 100%. So in a way, um, Teddy, that wasn't a confession. That was a truth. Yeah. And also this highlights motivation, why mm. we do things. And sometimes you have to look at the bigger picture. Yeah. That's so funny because... I had, I don't know if you, did you know this? Go on. I have a tattoo. Um, I have one tattoo on my thigh and it says, look at the bigger picture. And that was Jack's last ever note that he wrote in his notebook as he was going through treatment. And that's how I live my life by. I look in the mirror every morning and I look at the bigger picture despite how bad things, you know, might be happening that day. And Dragon's Den was a very emotional period. I mean, people see us come out those elevator doors, which are fake, by the way. And they think we're so confident. Don't ruin that illusion for me. Even I thought they were real. <laughs> Sorry. And I work in TV. <laughs> but they think we're so confident and happy and fired up. And we were. You know, we were standing in front of Stephen Bartlett and all these other amazing people. But truthfully, I was crying five minutes before we walked out of those elevators. It was just a very emotional period. And what is beautiful about this story is the legacy of Jack. And he's part of the process, which is incredible. And look at where you are now. I want to go back now and talk about the beginning, the seed, the inspiration for Perfect Ted. You yeah. know, tell us about it. Sure. I think I need to take you back a little bit further um, to university days. That's actually when Teddy and I met. We met on the first day of class and we went to a rather rigorous um, school and would spend 12 hours in the library I was drinking so much caffeine, um, loads of energy drinks, lots of coffee. I have ADHD and terrible anxiety. Um, another reason why I didn't want to go on Dragon's Den. Yeah. And I just found that it wasn't, it wasn't working for me, all the caffeine. It was really exacerbating my anxiety symptoms and was actually making it more difficult to focus than helping. So a friend recommended I try matcha. And if you're not familiar with what matcha is, it's a type of Japanese green tea that's super rich in antioxidants, amino acids, and caffeine. But it's a different type of caffeine. It's longer lasting, jitter, and crash-free, and it actually helps to reduce anxiety and improve focus. So I was skeptical at first. I was like, mm, this sounds too good to be true. But I started drinking it and it genuinely changed my life and I became so passionate about it. I stopped drinking coffee. I stopped drinking energy drinks. I made everyone I knew try it. And that's when Teddy got hooked as well. So fast forward a few years, we graduate university. Um, I was working in real estate finance. Teddy was working as a management consultant. Eventually, we find our way in London because um, we were in the U.S. at the time and coming over here as an American, I was very surprised by how few matcha options that there were on the market. And I was also surprised by how few natural energy alternatives offered 
the kind of energy that I was looking for. In fact, no product offered the kind of jitter, crash, anxiety-free energy that I require um, because I can't tolerate other types of caffeine. So we kind of looked around and thought, let's let's do this and let's launch a ready-to-drink matcha green tea product. Um, and that's what the kind of inspiration behind the drink is. So you saw a gap in the market. Mm. Yeah. And you just thought, we'll go for it. Well, it wasn't really the gap. It wasn't a gap in the market. I think you're giving us too much credit. It was. <laughs> Han, I'm here for you. Yeah, but it was <laughs> It was Teddy and Marissa would love to see this product for themselves. Maybe other people might want it too. But then that's still a big thing to do. For anyone who's thinking about going into business, you know, there's that fear, anxiety. Will it do well? But you guys decided to do it without any business background, I'm assuming? We, yeah. we had never started a business before. Yeah. But we have yeah. backgrounds in finance, but I think truthfully, we had nothing to lose. You know, I was really unhappy in my last job. I wanted to do something different and so took the risk. And do you think you have to have a certain trait to be able to do that? That's such a great question because I asked someone that yesterday. Yeah. I definitely think so. You, do you mean as an entrepreneur? Or? Yeah, 100%. Because there's things I think I'd love to do that. I'd love to set up a business, but I've never done it because I just think it wouldn't work. Or how, why would anyone want to believe in me? Yeah. Mm. So entrepreneurs in general are predisposed to higher rates of mental health conditions. And I think that is due to the emotional nature of the journey. It's hard to start your own business. It's really hard. And I respect anyone that takes the leap to do it, whether it works out or not, just taking that risk, I think is incredibly powerful. So I think the number one trait that comes to mind for me is resilience. Mm. We have had so many no's. We have had so many people tell us it's too niche. We've had so many people tell us they don't like the product, but all you need is enough people to like it. I I actually think, um, I, I would disagree with Teddy. I agree with him <laughs> on a, a lot, change. but I-, I, I It just, seems to work so far. <laughs> I I disagree with him on this point because I do think that everyone has it in them. I actually never, so many people, um, you know, would ask, did you always know you were going to be an entrepreneur? Absolutely not. I never thought I was actually going to start my own business. So I think really it's about kind of letting go a little bit of that ego. Um, I think really anyone can start a business. I just think you have to kind of battle with your inner demons um, and cross that bridge. And once you do, it unlocks so much. And find supporters because you've got each other though. For the record though, for the record. Go on, said it straight. I said resilience is important, but I didn't say that not everyone could develop that resilience. Fair enough, fair enough. Everything is developable. You can always work on yourself. Developable. (laughs) (laughs) One of those difficult words, isn't it? I don't even know if that is a word. (laughs) So, perfect head. Healthy, sustainable energy drink. Beautiful. And I read an article that came out earlier this year, and it said that it's a disruptor in the energy drink sector. That's quite a title. For sure. Why not? You know, there are so many people that don't feel represented represented by the energy category. You both will, will know better than I am. It's very hyper-masculine brands that dominate that shelf. Think of, I'm not going to mention names, but monsters and bulls and that kind of imagery. There's also a ton of working professionals and health conscious millennials that don't look at that shelf and see something that represents them or offers a type of energy that that they would consume. 
the way that we look at Perfect Head is that it's there to enhance what's already within you and to make you the best version of yourself. And so it's not this aid that you need because you, you're you hungover. Um, it's really well, because- you've made a bad choice. Exactly. Yeah. It's really because you want to operate at peak mental and physical performance. So how have you overcome these challenges and perceptions? Mm. It's been difficult. It's been It's been a journey. And I think- the way that we've been able to kind of overcome it is by, you know, I think at first we were hesitant to directly compete with the biggest brands in the energy drink space because they have so much money, they have so much brand awareness, and we're, you know, these small players with no credibility, you know, to, to our names. So, um, but I think by going up against them and being able to achieve the kind of distribution that we've we've had within a very short time period um, that has allowed us to make that kind of association between matcha green tea and caffeine and show that actually tea is caffeinated. Most people actually know that green tea has some caffeine yeah. to it. So I think by just, you know, having um, that space in the fridge where we're directly competing with them by, you know, going all out in our marketing to show that our, our drinks have 80 milligrams of caffeine, but a different type of caffeine, and to also have amazing brand advocates who are who are pushing this message on our behalf. It's very helpful. To me, though, it's not really the perception of the product that's the biggest challenge we've faced, even though that is a challenge. It's the perception of us as entrepreneurs and young entrepreneurs. So I think being a young entrepreneur is incredibly powerful. It means that we can make mistakes, make decisions, be naive and often use that to our advantage in whether it's negotiations or meetings or, or so forth. But I think when you sit in front of a buyer that's deciding whether you go into thousands of stores in the UK, and you know, these buyers have the power to change the daily habits of so many people. When you sit there as a 25-year-old, 26-year-old, you know, like... Why should they believe in you? And that's something that we've been we've been battling with. And I think Dragon's Den was an opportunity to show people why we deserve a seat at the table. We asked Stephen Bartlett, who is an investor, mentor, incredibly involved in the brand and, and so supportive of our journey. We asked him if he ever looks back and thinks, why is it him at that table? You know, why has he been able to build what he's built? And he said he's always believed that he deserves a seat at the table. And I think that's the same thing for us. We you know, if, if you didn't give us a seat at this table, we would have built the table. Like we yeah. genuinely believe that we should be here. And I think maybe that's an element of delusion or just passion or optimism. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I think it's because we believe that we're bringing a product to market that wasn't previously available, that is helping so many people. And the messages that we get from our customers now saying, I am caffeine sensitive. I could never drink energy drinks before. And now I have a perfect head and I feel amazing. And and it actually, I'm neurodiverse and I can, I can, you know, consume this and feel okay. That is everything to us. So I think that's that's what's motivating us. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives you the drive to yeah. keep going when you hear that, you know, affirmation. And also from your own personal experience as well. Exactly. People are getting that benefit with neurodiversity and it's like yeah this is this is what we want to do exactly so I wanted to talk a bit more about the fact that you are so committed you mentioned it a few times to all natural the sustainable ingredients and not to mention using only ceremonial grade matcha green tea from Japan but you, you know you've got a base in Devon as well haven't you so yeah. you get it from Devon what would you say are the struggles in running a, a health and 
eco-conscious brand today because, I mean, it's the zeitgeist, isn't it? It's everyone's on board with that. They're looking at brands to see what they're doing to to move forward to sustainability and stuff like that. Does that put pressure on you as well? Yeah, I think there's also different ways to think about sustainability. We are very eco-conscious and we're very conscious of the fact that, you know, we're taking an ingredient from Japan, bringing it over to the UK and distributing it here. And we we offset that with tree planting programs, different initiatives back in Japan to support farming communities there. But I think there's another element of sustainability, which is the average age of our team is 23 years old. Most of the people in our team don't have a university degree. And we have been able through the business to empower so many people. You know, as an example, our latest hire is an amazing lady called Gagan. Um, Gogandeep, I think is how you pronounce it. I've seen her on your Instagram. Yeah, she's amazing. And her name translates to light in the sky. And she reached out to Marissa and I and said, I saw you on Dragon's Den. She reached out on LinkedIn. I saw you on Dragon's Den. You were so inspirational. I've struggled with self-confidence. I've wanted to public speak like you did. Can you give me some tips? So we jumped on a Zoom with her. We gave her some tips. We brought her into the office because we were just overcome with emotion with how powerful her story was. She shared it with the team. Team fell in love with her. And after the meeting, she said, I got to shoot my shot. Can I work with you? Just like that. And she said, I don't know what I'll do, but I'll be the best goddamn employee you've ever had. And we hired her. And I think the proudest moment for me on this journey is being able to empower people like Gagan that do deserve a seat at the table and do deserve a platform to share her story and um, and prove what she's about because she's she's been incredible. So this is bigger than Perfect Ted. You know, you've got a brand, but it's helping people on a different level. And just think, if you hadn't been on Dragon Sin, Marissa... I know. We wouldn't have had that opportunity to to empower people like Gagan and also personally feel affected by her story. Yeah. And 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 that inspires me every day um, and really serves as inspiration to all of us on the team. So what advice would you give to anyone who has this ambition to, you know, start up a career or also just to develop themselves in other aspects of their lives, what, what advice would you give them? Just start and do a gag and shoot your shot because I have sent so many unsolicited messages to people that have inspired me and they've responded and maybe they've opened the door to opportunities that I never would have seen previously. And Gagan showed the confidence and the initiative to just start. We The, the idea that we have today and the product that we have today is not the product that we launched with. It is an evolution of an idea and a concept that we that lived in our mind about two years ago. So the biggest barrier between so many people starting their business is, yes, there are a lot of obstacles and there will be challenges and we see challenges every single day, but it's just starting and dropping that ego. You know, when we first started, I left a job in finance and I was knocking on cafe doors, begging baristas to use our product, begging. And often they'd say no, but tell you what, one in 50 said yes. And then... Yeah, took it from there. I would also ask yourself, this is a very useful exercise that I actually do when I'm feeling anxious or apprehensive about doing something. I think, what's the worst thing that can happen? And then I try to play out the the scenario in my head. And I go, and? Okay, great. And what's the worst thing that can happen? And usually it comes back to thinking about what other people think about me. And again, it's about dropping that ego. I agree with Teddy. It's just starting. Yeah, because most of the time when... we overthink what other people are thinking. They're not thinking that at all. No. No. It's like when you have a pimple. You know, no one really no can one see sees that. it. No, no one sees it. It might be the bit, it might be Mount Vesuvius when you're <laughs> yeah. But no one cares. Yeah. No, no one cares. Um, and I love your honesty as well. I think it's really important when you just lay your cards on the table and then people know 
where you're coming from and they can invest in you. Do you know what I mean? Okay, I'm going to interrupt proceedings right now because we have a new segment on the NatWest Business Show. It's called Trending Takes. Now, our team has been scouring the internet for topics, tweets and talking points and have written some statements for you to agree on or disagree on. Are you up for it? Cool. Yeah, let's do it. it. Okay, trending take number one. The moment you get tired of relentlessly rehearsing your pitch is the moment you get really good at it. I would, I would agree. The moment we get tired of relentlessly rehearsing our pitch is the moment we have an argument. <laughs> because when we didn't get it right and we were rehearsing, rehearsing, rehearsing and we're tired and emotions are high and we've got four days to prepare for Dragon's Den, nah. I actually, I disagree with you again because <laughs> the moment right. that the moment that we got tired, we actually then turned it on. Like we knew it so well at this point, even though we were making mistakes, we knew it within and we kind of just pushed through. And that's, you know. What happened last night when we got tired? We fought. Yeah. Like last night, as an example, we were in the office at midnight, myself, Marissa and Levi, and we're arguing. Why? Because we're tired, not because we're arguing over anything substantive. I feel like um, I'm in the middle of something. <laughs> yeah, we can edit, we can edit this out later. And then keep it in. <laughs> I yes, I know the pitch inside out. When I go and pitch, I won't name the supermarket, but a large supermarket, I know exactly what I'm going to say. I know what questions are going to ask. And I know exactly what my response will be. I think it depends on the setting. For this kind of environment, I wouldn't have reviewed the prompts. I didn't want to know what was going to be asked because I want to react authentically. And if I'm feeling super confident that day. I want to give you a podcast that shows Teddy's feeling really super confident. If I feel like self-conscious or down or whatever emotion, I want that to come out because to be truthful, we're doing a lot of speaking engagements now and it's been amazing the press after, but the audience doesn't want to see the same thing from us. They want to see something different. And that's the hardest thing with social media is like, we do some crazy stuff. Yeah, your, your social media is insane. Do some crazy stuff. I got an earring to celebrate a launch. You know, I'm getting a tattoo next week with my brother. But that doesn't say something more about you. Yeah, but it's it's you as well because it's what the audience want to see. They don't want to see Teddy performing amazingly, super confident, perfect pitch. They they want to see me fail. They do. Like everyone. I see what you're saying because sometimes if I'm on TV or doing something and I make a mistake, oh my gosh, everyone's like, oh, we love that bit. That will go viral. Yeah, and they're not thinking about what I've said. That was really meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, trending take number two. A founder is someone who keeps the organization focused on the product, not the organization. Definitely not. Yeah, I disagree with that. What we're doing at Perfect Ted is not selling a product. The reason that Angelica might drink our drink is not because she likes matcha. It might be a small reason. It's because she likes the brand and she likes how it makes them feel. I think it maybe depends business by business, but also the most important thing for our business to be successful is the team. If the team doesn't feel good, if the team isn't happy, if the team isn't feeling it, you know, think about you when you go on the sh- when you're presenting. If you don't feel good, how do you present? Hundred percent. How do you present? You don't. You don't give everything. You and, and I think people can see the whites of your eyes, and they'll be like, you know, something's wrong. They can tell. Yeah. I also think that our product stands for what our organization stands for. And so they're almost kind of one and the same. It's about spreading positive energy, feeling that positive energy. Our team feels it. Our product gives it. Every interaction we have exudes it. So I think I think uh, I would disagree with that because it is about the organization and the product. Mm. And if you feel like from this podcast that we haven't, sp- if you cannot, as the audience, feel the energy from us, 
coming through onto your screens or however you're listening, put it in the comments and we'll have beef. Like we'll have an, <laughs> we'll have an argument because that is all we're trying to do is mm. put out the energy that we'd want we'd want to receive back. And actually, after Dragon's Den, we opened ourselves up to a whole ton of like a world that is really cruel in so many ways. There are so many people. There are keyboard warriors out there that how no matter how good you are, no matter how authentic you are, no matter how compelling your story is. As an example, today there was an article from someone who was talking about ADHD, saying it's all rubbish and it's not true and it's not real and these people are lying and it's excuses. That's offensive to someone like Marissa who is struggling with that daily. Yeah. Okay, well, can I ask you a question off the back of that? I know we're doing trendy takes here, but how did you overcome that, especially with your neurodiversity and your ADHD? Yeah. How did you overcome that? Because, you know, we know that it cripples people. Yeah. And they stick that, you know, if they see things online and they read things, it mm. can have huge, I mean, you know, we've read about just so much damage it can cause and huge impact. You know, how mm. did you overcome that? I really try to focus on. I know this sounds very cliche, but focus on the positive and not and not latch on to those negative words. I, and I try to look for the people who are supportive and who do understand or at least try to. I mean, people who do not struggle with neurodiversity don't understand what it feels like to have no concept of time, to have, you know, no idea what it feels like to walk into a room and go completely blank and and forget for a while as to why you just walked in there mm-hmm. um, or to what it feels like um, to, to not be focused and really try but you just can't and it's it's like this this block in your brain um but they they try to understand what it's like and so I, I really latch on to those people and their words as opposed to these haters who don't know what they're talking about you should never do business with family <laughs> <laughs> and on that note <laughs> love that so obviously there's you teddy Marissa, and there's Levi, who is your brother. My brother. And there's lots of different relationships involved here. Okay, so Teddy, Levi, brothers, but then Marissa, you're engaged to Levi. I just got engaged, yes. Congratulations. Thank you. you. Um, How does this work? How does this dynamic work? So I'm glad you asked. I, I, what were you going to ask? Because I thought you were going to ask, what's it like? Because we live together as well. I know, that was coming afterwards. So we worked together. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, what are, the, what are the pros and cons? The, the pro is I ran out of clean laundry, so Levi let me a pair of underwear this morning. Oh, but like, TMI. I love that. TMI. Oh, no, 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 no. no. I, I, I leave This is everything. a business podcast. This, no, no, th- but this is important. Yeah. <laughs> because you've got clean pants here, because I, I would be really upset if you had dirty pants. Uh, I guess it's also like a money saving hack, right? You guys can just share underwear and there you go. Yeah. You don't have to get. <laughs> But I think in terms of the business, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think what's been amazing is that that has been our superpower, you know, because... Really? Because yeah. some people li- listening would be like, oh my goodness. Even when I talk to the team about it, I'm like, I wouldn't work with my sibling. Mm. I, couldn't, I couldn't even live with my sibling, let alone, ha- you know, try and build, you know, I'm going to call it an empire because, you know, you see it as a big, a, a long-term um, plan for you guys. They couldn't do that and it would mm. sort of hinder the business. I think that... This needs a bit of explaining because Teddy and Levi have a relationship like none other. I've never seen two brothers who are closer and care more about one another. And I think that just from an outsider's perspective, they would never do anything business, personal, whatever it is to jeopardize that relationship. Um, And I think that's how we all feel. 
because there's so much at stake here, right? We, we, we're building a business. There's money at stake. There's other people's money at stake. There, you know, our reputations are at stake, but most importantly, our interpersonal relationships are at stake. And so we do everything in our power to minimize conflict, to, you know, have really enhanced communication. And I think that's our superpower. I do because we're able to communicate so effectively and almost it's like telepathy sometimes like Teddy and I kind of know what each other is thinking, which is really nice. And it allows us to like finish each other's sentences, but it's also, it's very, it's very efficient. Um, and it just allows us to move quickly. So, okay. So when there is conflict, you know, we talked about the fact that, you know, in Dragon's Den, you were saying yes, you were saying no. And you opened up mm, to where right. you're to, to your own perspectives to, to that you met and had common ground. So what advice would you give to people who start businesses with people who are close to them and how to resolve conflict? I would say drop the passive aggression. It's not a direct attack. Yeah. No, you, you've gotten really, really great. Lead with empathy. And just try to put yourself, you know, if if your partner or if your employee who, you know, you might have had a relationship with prior to working together um, is, is, is feeling down, try to understand why and just talk about it. Communicate. Like communication is the most important thing between co-founders, between between leaders and their employees, between employees together. I think it is truly the most important thing. Just be honest, be transparent and lead with empathy. And remember the end goal. You, mm. you know, if you, if you start a business with somebody, whether it's a friend or a family member, you had a, a passion and you wanted that to grow and just remember that. Mm. There was a period after we filmed Dragon's Den, the month after, where the business had a challenging month and... I personally had a challenging month emotionally around the business and the journey of entrepreneurship. And I think had we not, had I not had a co-founder, had I not had Levi and Marissa as a support system, I genuinely would have quit from this business maybe 20 times since we started it. It is one of the, it is the hardest thing we've ever done. And one of the things that kept us going after Dragon's Den or kept me going in that immediate aftermath. And by the way, you go from such a high, that was the best moment one of the best moments, apart from obviously being here with you and the NatWest team. I didn't need to prompt you. <laughs> you go from such a high to such a low. And the, one of the things that kept me going was like, oh my God, when people see this air six, seven months from now, are they going to Google us and not find that we're still in business? And that was a genuine concern. So for people listening and watching, I don't want there to be any illusion that this has been like a smooth journey. Because even as I think about the business today and the challenges... There are about seven different things that are on my mind right now that are challenges that right after this, I'm, we're going to have to go and tackle. But that's part of the game and that's part of the fun and part of the journey. And I think one thing back to when Teddy was feeling quite down in those moments, it's just so helpful to have people who are working with you who know you so well and know how to lift you up and know how to get you out of your funk. And so, again, I think that that plays into this being superpower. When We're not taught how to be there for each other when there are podcasts or self-help books it's always about me 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 how can i help me how can i get out of this funk we never really are taught how to help our friends or family when they're going through a tough time and that's something that i wish that i like to talk about because i think it's wish something it's i wish it was a skill there's a lot of talk right now and i know this podcast is particularly focused in it on financial skills and 
what tools you can give people to help them start a business. There is such a big emotional component of starting a business and supporting friends, family, co-founders, teammates is a massive part of that. I think one of the most effective ways of working through conflict is is kind of back to what you said. It's establishing shared values and shared beliefs. And I think as business owners, whenever we have a conflict, we always go back to we we care about this business and we want it to be successful and we want Perfect Head to be a household brand and to help millions of people worldwide. Right. Yeah. Right. We can agree on that. OK, great. Yeah. Now let's let's find our way back to you know proper working conditions and and move past this. Get back to the goal. Regularly scheduled program. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have every faith, and I love that you call it a superpower because it's, it's I can see a force field. You know, no, do you know what I mean? It's it's that imagery yeah. where you have to think that you're invincible. But I have every faith that your relationships um, will last. Um, <laughs> And you talked about the future plan. So let's talk about the long-term vision for Perfect Head. How do you plan to, you know, keep this momentum going? How do we plan to continue the momentum? Yeah. It's really tough. The level of expectation that we've set is nuts. We've grown the business from zero to five million pounds in 18 months. Which is insane. Which is insane and amazing. But also that growth rate is going to be hard to sustain. So as we think about the business and those fundamentals, it's just going to be a lot of hard work, hustle, grind. But I do think we have the team in place to take this business to the next level. If you think about energy drinks and energy more generally, everyone needs it. Angelica, you need it. We need it. People recording this podcast need it. So um, there is that just fundamental need state that I think we can tap in and, and continue to grow the brand. But yeah. I think from a business perspective, it's always really important to have kind of a lineup of future opportunities as well. So you know, in in some cases, it's actually bad because you can't really stay in the present. And let's say you have an amazing launch into a retailer. It's difficult to celebrate because you're kind of already thinking about the next one. Yeah. Um, but it is important to have that, you know, that roster <laughs> of um, of exciting launches to look forward to. And we're fortunate to have loads more coming up. And I think, you know, in continuing to increase distribution, being physically available for, for customers to buy nationwide and in different countries potentially. So, um, you know, as we continue to just grow the brand name, um, hopefully increase word of mouth marketing, because I think what we're seeing is it's really helping people. They're telling their friends and family about it and it's growing immensely in that way as well. And reveling in those big moments you know yeah but yeah but no but yeah but but someone <laughs> someone <laughs> asked us yesterday how do you feel you must feel crazy you know so successful and whatever that gives me massive imposter syndrome it's successful is not the i don't feel do you feel successful, successful? I, I feel successful in a different way because i know we've helped people and and hearing messages from customers just expressing how grateful they are to finally have a product that that helps them in in whatever they're dealing with. And also how me speaking out on national television about ADHD and anxiety has helped destigmatize those conditions for, for those customers. So um, that to me is is success. Because success means different things to different people. Exactly. You know, you know, some people might think, I've got lots of money, I'm successful. But sometimes it's it's the little things that makes you feel actually I'm achieving what I want to achieve. And what's interesting is we're the same people we were pre-Dragon's Den. How was that? You know, what obviously you said in the moment it was crazy, that that moment. What's it been like after, you know, 
talk about the relationship you've got with them and you know how they're helping your business. Yeah. Stephen has been incredibly involved with the brand and incredibly supportive. He started a business very young and so he recognizes a lot of the challenges and perception issues we're facing. Well, I suppose if people are going to invest in you, you need to see that, you need to feel that, you know, and they need to believe in it. And like, you know, I've heard about your brand because because I follow Stephen and, you know, he has, you know, drinks it, he talks about it and stuff. Yeah. And and I think, I, well, so I believe him. I'm like, yeah, he's investing. He, you know, cares about these people. He cares about this brand. If you have investors, it's choosing the right investors that suit your brand and sit well with your brand. Is that one of the things you'd say as advice? Absolutely. It's about taking smart money if you're raising investment. I think that, um, you know, sometimes if you have a really compelling offer, but if they're not bringing anything other than that capital, is it is it really the best alignment? Um, I think people who can bring something that you may not have um, a different level of expertise than you do. Um, it's, it's very important to think about as a small business. I think there is a big part of fundraising as an entrepreneur and brand owner that is ego. But truthfully, I'm proud of who's running this business. I'm proud to have Stephen Bartlett on board. And I think you should always try and be proud of the people that are backing you because when things get tough and things will get tough, you got to make sure you have the right people in your corner. 100%. Well, on that note, what's one piece of advice that you would give to other entrepreneurs looking to create a strong, long-term business? Not all advice is created equal. And what I mean by that is that no one will know your business better than you. And if someone is telling you, this is what you need to do, this is how you should run your business, I'd really think twice because they're not living the daily experience that you are deep in the weeds of the hustle and the grind and, and everything around that. The best people that, in my opinion, the people who will give you the best advice are the ones that take the time to really understand what you're going through and ask questions that can guide your thinking. It's very easy to think that because someone has been successful and done what you've done, they have the answers. But truthfully, if it took them 20 years to build that brand, they started that business 20 years ago. There was no social media. There was no TikTok. The, like the, the landscape was different. So I would really think twice about who you get into bed with in business. This goes back to what I was saying before about regret. And we, we all only have one life, I think, on this planet. And so you might as well make the most of it. And if there's something holding you back inside, try to overcome it. Because again, I'd rather look back on my life and think, oh, well, then what if? So just try because often you have the power within you to do it. Actually, everyone does. So being exposed on national television to millions of people has been the biggest superpower that we've been given because everything's on the table now. Like, I mean, my name's in the brand, your face is on the brand. If it doesn't work out, then like, I can't, there's no hiding. Let's do some rapid fire questions. I like, I like rapid fire questions yeah. because you've got to think on, your, think on your toes. We need speedy and concise. Time is money. Yeah, cool. Time is money. Go baby. Right. Who is your business inspiration? Don't say Stephen. God, I'm a. Thank yeah. Don't say Stephen. Mm. He knows you. He knows that you know. Okay, we love him. I, I, this is meant to be rapid fire. Sorry, I'll go. Are you blaming me? No, you go. You go. I'll go. Sarah Blakely, she is the founder of Spanx. She is a bad A. I'm not going to say that word. We can cut that out. She pioneered a piece of 
you know, women's undergarments that has changed my life personally, but has changed the fashion industry, turned it up on its head and finally brought women into the process of designing clothes for women. My mom and dad, like for sure. I speak to my dad every day about the business and my mom works full time in the business as well. And the business would not be possible. Perfect Ted would not be around without my mom specifically. Best piece of business advice you've received? Shit or bust. Go for it. Like absolutely go for it. Proper planning prevents problems. That is so preach. lame. Pre- no, preach sister. Okay. That is so calculated and lame. How, are you t- that's how I, how do you think <laughs> I got here today? Preparation. You can see Marissa is the polished, amazing presenter. <laughs> And I'm like, how did this guy get on the show? (laughs) Favorite part of running a business? Putting out products that are helping people. Getting picked up in a car and doing a podcast with Angelica Bell. Yes. You're good. (laughs) It's good. Should we just end this there? No. Least favorite part of running a business? Everyone thinks just because the business is doing really well that like you got tons of money. But truthfully, I eat a meal deal every day. For real? For real. For real. Okay. Throwing out the trash bins in the bathroom. Every day, <laughs> no, so no, and that's fine. a good one. No, because it means you means you're doing it yourself. Basically, yeah, basically doing all the grunt work, physical labor, setting up for trade shows like we are today as well. So there's always a lot of physical labor involved, and I'm not the strongest, but I do have Teddy and Levi who are quite strong. So you pull your weight. You were hoping for some deep answers, weren't you? And no, this is I love that. this because this is normal. Yeah. This is this is life. People, you know. Sometimes it's not about those deep, meaningful things. It's yeah. just like, yeah, we all got to take the washing out of the machine. Yeah. Wackiest business idea you've had? Wackiest business idea has to be sponsoring an adult film star. So we want to support people who are creative, promoting body positivity. So many of these other energy drink companies sponsor athletes, F1 car racers, we think it's only right to go into this industry and support them. So you're thinking out of the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I had such a dumb idea. When I moved to LA, I got my teeth whitened and I wasn't drinking matcha at the time. I was drinking coffee. And I thought, how can I drink coffee without it staining my teeth? So I contacted a food scientist to see if we could <laughs> strip out the color from coffee and create a brand called Clear Coffee. How genius is that? But also dumb. No, I'm loving that. Who's laughing? (laughs) (laughs) Who's laughing there? See these pearly whites? So what did they say when you did that, when you contacted them? It can't be done. Well, if it can be, I I want it on this podcast that it was my idea. (laughs) Yeah, it can be right Oh my gosh. Wacky, but you know, I understand where you're coming from. We like white teeth. You've got good teeth. One thing business owners should stop doing. Procrastinating. Answer that email. You should take your own advice. Oh, hello. Um... (laughs) take that offline (laughs) Uh, understand your team and what their needs are okay one thing business owners should start doing complimenting their co-workers prioritizing their mental health one thing you wish you knew starting out how difficult it would be to deal with teddy's ego no i'm joking (laughs) um how difficult it would be the honestly passion can get you a long way And people buy from people, not, they don't just buy like products. So your confession was backing out of the Dragon's End pitch three times before you went on it. Do you forgive, regret, or want to forget? I forgive. 
because I can understand that state that I was in. And I'm just proud that I opted into living in that growth zone and taking the challenge, taking the plunge and using it as a personal growth opportunity that ended up, you know, going beyond my wildest expectations and helping our business to where it is today. And I guess you forgive Marissa for the initial. I forgive her. There you go. I, I've, I haven't forgotten that. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, Marissa, Teddy, thank you so much for being wonderful guests on the NatWest Business Show. Anyway, <laughs> and to you guys listening at home, thank you. Don't forget to hit follow and subscribe so you don't miss out on our next very exciting guest. Also, if today's episode has sparked something in you, do not ignore it. Head over to the NatWest website for information and tools to help you take those simple next steps to success. <laughs>